0: Yep.
1: Mr Pop. <laughs> G'day, it's Kev here. Uh, just a slightly different start to this first episode of Rock and Roll for 2022 because going to take you behind the scenes. Let me set the scene for you. finally and I having a chat waiting for Brian to arrive because he was uh, running a little bit late. We didn't know why, but we found out pretty quickly what it was all about and it was because he'd been off to get dinner and had arrived back with his dinner and then... A major drama unfolded. Let's go behind the scenes of rock and roll, the pre-show set up for the first edition for 2022. Here's how it kind of played out. How
0: can you lose a roast chicken? Yeah,
1: exactly. I f- if I know. I... It,
2: I've only walked about 15 <laughs> feet. Let me have another
1: look. Hang on. A live chicken, I can understand that you would, you know, you could lose a live chicken inside your house, but I'm struggling to find out how you lose a... Roast chicken,
0: yeah, difficult. So, have you been? Yeah, you're
2: yeah, 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 good. <laughs> oh, so I've wasted enough. You, t- I must have left it in Daryl's bongo van. This is f-
1: well, ring Daryl and get him to
2: ring it. Well, now I've got to find my phone. <laughs>
3: On, it's inside see see the I chicken.
2: It. It's,
1: it's the new Colonel's special stuffing.
0: <laughs> smell it.
1: The red rooster with the uh, all improved. You can
0: smell the phone. Samsung, <laughs> This is <laughs> bullshit.
1: There's always something going on with you, Mannix. I can
0: smell it, but I don't know where I put it. This
2: is bullshit. <laughs> all right. I don't think Kawaj is going to get out of this all right Oh, either. here we go. I knew that had come up.
1: Can we start? Then that way, you know. Please,
2: I'm sorry
1: for wasting your time. It's no, perfectly all right, Brian. i dinner. Now, trust me, the reason that we took you behind the scenes is because that chicken will reappear. As you enjoy the first episode of Ruck and Roll for 2022, we can now officially get it underway. This is Ruck and
3: Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix and Mark Fine.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to Rock and Roll 2020, the show that brings you a little slither of sport, a cacophony of music and a barrel load of bullshit uh, with the, uh, the same three that were here in uh, 2021 are back again in 2022. I, my name's Kevin Hillier. Uh, with me is Mark Fine, who has uh, re- uh, survived and recovered after Christmas and New Year. Hello, Finey.
0: Yeah, g'day. Good to be back. Hello, Kev.
1: Uh, You're looking good, mate. Twenty twenty two has been a has it started well?
0: Well, you know, it's everybody's got a bit of COVID in the family, don't they? We've had a couple of cases, but they've all recovered nicely. So, yeah. I think everything's going along tickety-boo.
1: And uh, the third part of the uh, the trilogy of horror here for rock and roll is, of course, Rockstar and the man whose uh, who's latest offering uh, called Start Again is up on Spotify if you want to check it out, Brian Mannix. How Thank is 20, you,
2: How has 2022 started for you, Brian? Well, not, not fantastic, Kevin. Uh, like so I just mentioned to you, I've just, you know, gone all the way to Red Rooster and they finally did have some chicken, which 50% of the time they don't. Mm. And I walked into the house and I put it down, and I don't know where I've put it. So I've got the salt and I've got my coke, no sugar, but I'm buggered if I know where the uh, where the uh, chicken and chips is. So anyway, that's right. that's not important. But also, right. I got the COVID. You've actually got it. Well, no, we thought we had it, but we did. Two of those RAT tests—they're bullshit. They mean nothing. My son passed two of them. He's got COVID back in Adelaide, but I've got a friend that works. Um, oh there it is, behind the computer. You're guilty. <laughs> all
0: right. Once
2: I put the screen up, I Houston, couldn't find the red roof Have chicken. So um, my friend that she tests all the tennis players, and um, so she's got the rapid test, but it's a bit better than the bullshit ones. But I passed that, and then I realised that I actually had two cigarette patches on on the one day. So of course I'm feeling dizzy and lightheaded because I'm going to a nicotine overdose. So um yeah, so it was good to find out that I don't have covid, but I still can't get over how bad the house of Gucci was worst movie ever. Okay. All right, well, done. hold your movie review. We've
1: we've lost Finny. I don't know what's happened there, but he's he- well, he's Trying to find his
2: red rooster, probably. Oh, Steve. how
1: have you been,
2: Kev? How was your <laughs> New Year's and Christmas and all of that uh, stuff?
1: Yeah, good. Look, really quiet and really small. Uh, didn't do anything big. Uh, my son came over with uh, with his wife and uh, and uh, obviously our two little uh, two year old uh, grandson, or just about to turn two year old grandson. So that was lovely. That was a really nice. Uh, experience that was after Christmas, but really quiet. And I I, yeah. I I reckon my street in my area had the biggest fireworks display ever, but wow. not, not as many. There was only one, and it was a really big one.
2: Oh, um, so they pooled their resources. Yeah, it, it, like it seemed
1: to be. It. So instead of having sort of... Crackers going off everywhere, and it's feeling like you were surrounded by it. It was just the one big one uh, that actually. Tell you, they must add some money because the fireworks display and sound locally went past when the TV finished. Oh wow! Which is, I think, a very impressive because I was uh, I was inside watching the television one and listening to oh. the one outside, and the one outside was still going when the TV finished, and they'd gone to some silly bloody village people movie. On his back. Oh, Milk, that's a terrible film. I don't know what the film was, but it started with Steve Gutenberg roller skating. I think it's You Can't
2: Stop the Music, isn't it? Oh, it's, a, oh, it's bloody yeah, awful. Yeah, You Can't Stop the Music, but... Um, Valerie Perrine I mean, then,
1: was in it, Steve yeah, Gutenberg.
2: Yeah, oh. Milk is the big song from it, yeah, oh, okay. Dreadful. Oh, yeah. shocking.
1: Uh, we, now, we know what Finey did for New Year's Eve because he, um, he had the New Year's Eve party at his place.
2: What did you do for New Year's Eve,
1: Mannix? Nothing.
2: I sat at home by myself and spoke to a lot of my friends on the phone, um, but I must have got really pissed and shit-faced because <laughs> the next morning mm. I couldn't remember who I'd spoken to. Oh, right. or, So I must have been drunk and just chewing everybody's ear off. So um, to those people that I rang, on news you said my apologies. Um, <laughs> my intentions were good, but... Uh, now, we've had uh, lots
1: of uh, lots of things happen apart from Christmas and New Year. Oh. There's been an enormous amount of things happen, enormous amount of sport flora. happening, an um, enormous yeah. amount of people who've passed away who uh, I, I wanted to mention some of those. I do. Um, if we get a chance uh, before we get to what is a fabulous chart, and I really want to spend some time on this chart because it's, it's the Go Set chart from June 6, 1970. It's got some absolute rippers on it and it has some of the biggest shockers of all time.
2: Look, I don't know what you think, Fonny, but I thought this chart has got so many classic songs that have kicked on to be classics, and I was really impressed with it. I thought, you know, there's, there's always going to be a bit of filler there, but I thought that this chart was probably the strongest one we'd looked at.
0: Oh, great. I agree. I think a brilliant chart with some... Glaring exceptions, which makes it perfect for our program.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you're picking,
1: when you're trying to find three absolute crap ones, there's no shortage, but there are some out some ones that stand out like a beacon. Now, funny, I want to ask you about uh, sport over the uh, the Christmas New Year period. Have you watched much? Have you uh, got into the Test cricket? Have you what What have you done?
0: Yeah, well, you know, well, the Test cricket has been. One-way traffic, but, of course, we had that exciting draw, so at least England can hang their hat on something. And well done to Berstow. that was a Yeah, it was. Gutsy performance. Yeah, it was. Scotty Boland, of course, the revelation. He's been a beauty.
1: It's quite a, it's quite staggering when someone comes in and makes a debut of that at the age of, what is he, 31? <laughs> hang on, Velocifine again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I beg your
1: pardon? Yes. I wondered whether you heard the last words that he just said before. You
2: <laughs> clicked the admit button and you came I in. I can get my neck fished again. It's starting to look like a vagina.
1: No, we're here. not discussing that. I'm talking to Finey about the cricket, for God's sake. The, 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 oh, we're back recording now. This is, this
2: is going to air. You don't need to just say my neck looks like it. But you can edit that bit out, Kev. <laughs> no, I can't. Can we just get back to Finey and no, the ain't.
1: cricket? I'm not. I'm putting that in. Um.
2: Oh, <laughs> you're a tough, you're a cruel man, I tell
1: uh, you and, what. Um, Scotty Bowen was what I wanted to talk to you about funny uh, just that is one of the most remarkable debuts and then to back it up again in the next test.
0: Just yeah, sensational. I mean, fantastic. And I had a bit to do with the Bolands through Parkdale Football Club. Ah, yes. And they're Parkdale boys. So I think it's his uncle, Glenn, that played for Melbourne and St Kilda a few games. Yep. I think uncle, not father. But yeah, they're very big down Parkdale line and I played a lot of cricket against Parkdale and. Had a bit to do with their footy club back in the day. So, yeah, very much a local Victorian or a Melbourne boy. Great stuff.
1: Yep. Can bowl and, uh, you know, it uh, looks like he's got uh, a good little window of opportunity now to, uh, to really stamp himself as a test cricketer.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's come late, but he'll have a, an Indian summer, they call it. Yeah.
1: And he'll hopefully do well in, uh, in Hobart with the pink test later at the end of this week. Yep. Now, Brian, you were amongst the things you've done over the uh, holiday period. You went yeah. to see the um, the Gucci film, The House of
2: Gucci. Oh, look, seriously, do not waste your money on this. It, the trailer looks okay. You think it's going to be a movie about power and fashion? No. It's just this Italian family yelling at each other. I didn't like any of the characters. Um, and it was so cold in the cinema, um, I left... Two hours, 20 minutes in, because the movie goes for 158 minutes and they don't seem to have a script for 45 minutes. I think the highlight's supposed to be the murder, but I just couldn't give a shit. And by the end of it, when I walked out, Lady Gaga seemed to be getting fatter and uglier. And by the end of it, when I walked out, she looked like Joe Pesci. It was just, (laughs) no, she looked like a little fat Italian man. And she was just a horrible person. All the characters were horrible. If you don't see any movie for the rest of your life, this is the one not to see. It is. <laughs> I have not seen a film so shit for 20, 30 years. I can normally find something that, that's good. And maybe the acting is good. Adam Driver, I wanted to punch him in the face. But isn't Lady that good? Lady she's a pain in the ass. You know, Al Pacino, he's never going to let you down. But they didn't give him. No, it was it was bloody Jared, shit house.
1: I'm, I've been a big Jared Leto fan for a long time for some of the stuff he did early doors. I'm not mm. I haven't got into his music or anything. But um, is he any look, good in
2: it? He, look, he's really good. It took till after I walked out of the movie to realise who he was playing. He's got a fat suit on, and um, it's only his eyes that give you a tri- uh, any idea of you know that it's him. Oh, okay. But you could argue that it's overacting or I don't know, I don't have enough Italian relatives, but really I don't even know why they released this. This is absolutely the most shit film because there's no, they just have a scene to explain, oh, this is what this character's like. Well, every scene you have in a movie should propel the story further and they have no regard for that. Ridley Scott, if you directed it, you are the worst director ever ever the script is shit. It should have had red pen goes all the way through it. It's a 20-minute it's a story that takes nearly three hours to tell and I just couldn't be bothered with it. Absolutely shit out. Save your money, everybody. Even if it's on free-to-air, give it 10 minutes. I'll bet you turn it off. Um, so you walked out at the
1: two-hour, 20-minute yeah. mark. Mm-hmm. My God, I, I'm sorry. I, I just I can't. Um, I, I can't see myself sitting through anything that goes that
2: long. Well, I kept waiting for it to get good. There was such a great cast and you think, oh, you know, it's going to fire up soon, but it just didn't. Spider-Man is fantastic, but this was truly, you know, and I don't mind a film being shithouse if they, you know, they don't have the money and they're just doing their best, but they had the money. They had the expertise and they turned up shit. So, Sorry, everybody. Do not go and see that. All right. So
1: that's uh, not on the recommended list of things to uh, to have a, a squeeze at. Have you been watching any television, finding, Any the, apart from the obviously bits and pieces of sport?
0: Any? No. Well, I, I watched Don's party last night. Oh, I nice. watched that the other week. Yeah. You know what the great surprise with Don's party is? No. Go on. That Rowan Connolly's not in it. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's a very good point. Very good point. You know, point. it's like um you know somebody walks in and, and Ray Barrett goes, Is it Ray Barrett? Yes. Yeah. 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 It's just a great line. He goes, Are you a Labour voter? And he goes, No, I vote liberal. He goes, Gee, yeah. I've never actually no, it's Graham Kennedy goes, I've never actually met a liberal voter. That's very courageous of you. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, was that Elvin Purple he was saying that too? Was that Graham Blundell? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Graham, Graham Blundell, Blundell, Blundell. Like, but it's
0: just a great movie. It's a very, they all very ended good
1: up movie.
2: Root and his wife, didn't they? Yeah, Candy,
0: yep, Candy yep.
2: Raymond. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yes, um, it's, a, it's a, very, a fairly unpleasant movie by the end of it. Oh, really it's, true and honest, but you know when they're all pissed and they start, you know, being really honest about, well, you never paid us back for this money, and why? Oh, Hang yeah. on, oh, yeah,
1: yeah, for the pool, oh, yeah. the pool or something they built or something, wasn't it? The Lent of money for? Yeah, foot. and John Hargrove is very good in it.
2: Yeah, he's a great actor.
1: Yeah, he's very good in it, um, as is um, Harold Hopkins.
2: Yeah, no, I'm forgetting who Harold Hopkins is.
1: The little, He's got the little curly hair. He's the, he's the stud boy in it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in Mad Max, the bad guy that had to chop his ankle off. No, I don't remember that. At the end of Mad Max, he well, said, you know, you can chop your ankle off or the car's going to blow up.
1: All right, here's a confession. I wasn't a huge rap for
2: Mad Max. No, the music was dreadful. I wasn't a huge rap for Mad Max. It, it's not a, a movie that I've ensconced in my head. No, the art direction was the best thing of it, the leathers and the black cars, and that was cool, but the um, the rest of it was a bit
0: ordinary. Now, why but did you watch
1: Don's up. Party?
0: Pretty much why Edmund Hillary climbed Everest, Kevin. I was <laughs> <laughs> flicking at the channels last night and it was there.
1: I did a similar thing. Well, we watched it, but I did a similar thing recently. I watched Chopper. Are oh, you right there, Brian?
2: I'm just, you know, trying to keep myself lubricated in this heat, Kevin. All right. You know, well, you die in the desert for less than this.
1: Now, I've got to ask, uh, we've, talked, we've, we've touched on the cricket, but only not the, the area that I think everyone wants us to touch on the cricket with, and that's the double centurion from the fourth test, Brian Mannix. Okay. Usman Kawaja.
2: I have been bombarded with um, people asking me about how I feel about Kawaji. Have you changed your feelings on Kawaja? No, I haven't. I had a bet with the guy at the pub that he wouldn't make 30 in the first innings. Well, you're right. He should have been caught at 28. Um, Joe Root dropped the easiest freaking catch ever and, okay, then the guy went on. I had another... Girl bet me that he wouldn't make more than eight, and I said, No, I won't take that bet because if I take that bet, he'll make a hundred.
1: All right, so you had several bets
2: about uh, Kawaja's Kawaja, Mm. you know, um, as usual, Kawaja always lets me down. He should have been out at 28, which would have won me the schooner. Um, but Joe Root and the wicket keeper were absolutely pathetic and dropped the catch and then he went on to make 137 from about 280 balls. Let's add add that in, right? And then we had the second innings where we had to wait and wait and wait for Kawaja to make his 100. So what I would suggest to you, that we lost the test oh, because of Kawaja's right. ego, oh, we because we had to let him get to a hundred. If we'd taken him out at seventy-five or whatever, we would have had the time to get the blokes out. So, and let's look at it this way: we played four tests, or we've tied, drawn one. It didn't tie; we drew it. We drew mm-hmm. the only one we drew, and we haven't won is Kawaja. And Kawaja lost that test for us by his ego trying to get another freaking hundred, came out with his f***ing jumper on. (laughs) Once again, it's all about him. He only makes runs when it doesn't matter. And quite frankly, he'll play the Tasmanian test. He'll be the opening freaking batsman instead of Harris, who's been pretty mediocre. But I guarantee you, and listeners, I bet you he doesn't make more than 30 in both innings, you know, and he, when he makes a hundred, it never suits Australia. It's always, thing, and he lost the Test for us, or Pat Cummins lost the Test for us by allowing him oh. to continue to bat. All right, they should have pulled him. And why would you wait for Kerry to go out and bat? You know, they brought in Cameron Green, who's is not, not bad, but why? Why bother? You should have dragged him as soon as Kawaja got his hundred. That's it, done and then England thinks that they can win, they're going to take a bit few more chances. I thought it was poor captaining, and I think, once again, once Kawaja gets involved, it just f***s it up for everybody. You know, I'm sorry, Kev, but I'm, I was swear, but I'm furious about the prick. Can see that.
1: Uh, finally, any thoughts on uh, Brian's uh, summation of the uh, Sydney test?
3: He's insane. (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so say all of us. <laughs> <laughs> Beautifully put, Finny. Yeah, I'm on, and just that's a perfect. That's a perfect answer. That yeah. you don't need to say anything else. That's the. It
2: uh, no, the- takes sixty balls to make ten runs. What it's does? Ridiculous. What does that matter? It's not T twenty. Well, as it turned out, Kev, it did matter because if we had another couple of overs we would have won the test. As soon as he comes into the test, Oh, and if your lose.
1: auntie had testicles, she'd be your uncle. Now, come on, Brian, really. Now,
2: my auntie does have testicles <laughs> and she's not my <laughs> uncle and she's a lovely, lovely woman and <laughs> I just, you know, I think your transgender racism oh, yeah. oh, is, is no good.
1: I, I probably did. Um, <laughs> 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 All yeah, right. Come on. I want to talk to you about a few people that have passed since we uh, we uh, did, the, did the program. One today, Bob Saget. Uh, died uh, today, mm. 65, so that's yeah. that's young.
2: Reckon he would have done a lot of cocaine in his time. Um,
1: they ruled out unt- the police said there was no drugs or any no, suspicious it doesn't matter whether
2: you're doing it. It's like if you've done a lot of drugs in the 80s oh, yeah, and of course. shit, yeah. you know, it does take a toll and people die. And I... You know, you seen him in Entourage, he's just rooting everything in Entourage and that's, he's playing himself. He's got a reputation that's kept him alive, head of more than full house. But I think, you know, even even in that, um, the movie about who was the hooker organiser, Sheila, um, Bob Saget was in that. Um, Heidi Fleisch. Yeah. Well, Bob Saget was a kind of a guy in that thing. I think he was a yeah. mad reader. Really, he was a bit of a Bob Crane. She's 65. Look, you know, I feel for his family and stuff, but I reckon he would have, you know, done it pretty hard. Okay. Um, Were, you a fan Were you a fan of Bob Saget? You've got to be kidding.
3: <laughs> I mean,
1: what did he do? Full House was was the, yeah. the one that he'll be,
2: I guess, most talked about.
3: If that's the highlight of your acting career, then you haven't had much of an acting career.
2: No. He's more known for being a root
1: rat stand up stand up comedy spots across uh, across the world he was a regular on never heard, on... About,
2: never never heard was... about that Kev i think you're making it up i think you're of... making it up it's fake news he did
1: a stand up gig last night in Jacksonville, Florida or something it was the last...
3: Well, he, he's doing a lying down gig now. Oh, stop it. Yeah. Oh, jeez.
1: Uh, let me move on to someone who is, uh, who I... Someone who uh, we care about. I think uh, Bob had a good life. He's, he rooted right, enough. All right, enough. This bloke is, right. it, for me, this bloke is uh, is Hollywood class, right at the top, oh, right at the top shelf. I know um, where you coming Lived from. to be 94 years of age, was in movies that would, would absolutely be described as game changers and yes. movies that, that I grew up watching thinking, my God, this bloke's brilliant, and that's yeah. Sidney Poitier. um, We died at 94. To Sir With Love was a, a bloody ripping film. Uh, In the Heat of the Night with Rod Steiger is oh. just a great film. Um, and guess who's coming to dinner with Spencer Tracy? Oh, I'm sorry. That is, that is yeah. uh, 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 I it's one of, the, he, he's done films that I absolutely adore and love, but, When it comes time to put lists together of your best favourite films, I never think of him and I should because he did some brilliant films. Are you a fan, finally, of Sidney Poitier?
3: Yeah, I mean, I am because they're sort of famous movies and they're all similar in theme in that they're around the time of, you know, black, this sort of Martin Luther King time and and black rights, civil rights. That's the term I'm looking for. So he was very much central to the civil rights movement because of the movies he made, but he hasn't made, hadn't made a lot in sort of the past 30 years, has he?
1: No, he hasn't he, done it. He directed some he,
2: stuff. He directed a few, yeah. Yeah,
1: and then uh, then he went into, I think he was the attaché for Barbados or somewhere, um, he was sort of got involved yeah. in, uh, in, in a whole
2: different range, you know, left Hollywood behind him. Yeah, and as an actor, um, he, you know, the chances of him making it as a Afro-American or, or be it from the Bahamas or whatever, um, you know, he really, and he refused to do, you know, oh, yes, a master, yeah. sort of, those sort of gigs. You know, he really probably did more for the black movement than any other actor I think his contribution to. I don't know if
1: he was the first, but he was certainly the biggest of the uh, leading men, afro american uh, to get leading roles in movies.
2: Well, and he refused to do anything that wasn't like this is a man that happens to be black, yeah, it yeah. wasn't like I'm playing a black man's role. And I think you know, to his credit, he could have gone broke doing that, yeah. but he just said, Nope, I've got dignity, I've got morals, I've got ethics, and this is what it is. And I think you see that in his acting, um, yeah, you, do. you know, he's just the way he sue with love, and when he 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 tells somebody off but it's with dignity and oh yeah, no, he was terrific. He's a great actor. Really good I actor. I love him. Sadly I misses him.
1: As too will be Betty White who died at the age of ninety nine. I'm
2: so glad I gave her a
1: root two weeks ago. Oh, good on you, Brian. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I'm sorry. A, yeah. a Betty White fan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I loved her.
3: Yeah, yeah, very good in the Mary Tyler more so but Unfortunately, she did a sort of a Don Bradman in a way.
1: Yes, 99. It got stopped on 99.
2: Ah.
3: But did you yeah, see it? sort of a hundredth birthday. So
2: yep. um, Did you see her in a movie? I think it's called Alligator and it was about giant alligators or crocodiles in America or alligators and she was actually feeding them but she played the most foul-mouthed, Woman, she's about eighty-five, and she's effing this and f that, and it was so funny to hear this really elderly woman with a mouth that was just like "You're kidding me!" and yeah. it was just great. Alligator, uh, I think it's called. So, anybody's listening to that, um, check out Alligator with Betty White, and you'll never hear such foul language <laughs> unless you listen to the show.
1: Uh, I uh, I reckon the Snickers ad that she did was a beauty too. That was that was that was a classic
3: just, just on movie, media? Yeah. Because you mentioned Sydney yeah. Poitier and the Civil Rights Movement. Actually, he saw a movie with the March. It was either on Netflix or Foxtel On Demand. So if you've got any of those, you might be able to get it. And it was a beauty because it was a true story. It's called The Best of Enemies. Have you seen that?
2: No, it doesn't ring a bell. It rings a bell.
3: To me, it rings a bell. That's an about? absolutely true story. happened in uh, May the The very early 70s, it's about this head of the Ku Klux Klan in North Carolina, in this part of North Carolina, and they've got a big Ku Klux Klan sort of chapter there, or whatever it's called, and he's the head of them, and the local black school burns down. So, there's a, a move to have the black children integrated into the white school. Oh, right. And... The woman at the head of that is this very outspoken black woman, just won't take no for an answer. And they end up doing this thing, I can't remember what it's called, but it's sort of a like a mock trial. And, and this guy comes in, a black guy comes in from out of town and brings both parties together and they've just got to sit down and discuss it and then, and then take a vote on it at the end of it. But what happens during the close contact between these parties The head of the Ku Klux Klan starts realising that this black woman and and a few others, they're actually do more for the town and they're more decent than some of the people in the Ku Klux Klan. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah.
3: So it comes down to the vote. And what the Ku Klux Klan have done is that they've basically, the white, there's five whites and five blacks vote on it. So they, they know that the five blacks are going to vote for certain to integrate. Oh, they need like a two-thirds majority to pass, yeah. The way it works out is the, white, the a couple of the whites that might be on the on the edge are basically intimidated by the clan and threatened with death to change their vote. So, it comes down to the vote, and they claim thinks they've got it all organised. But the head of the Ku Klux Klan, he's actually got a vote, and he votes for integration. So, obviously, he's you. not head of the clan anymore, and they blow up his business, he's got a petrol station and try to kill him and whatever. But after the movie's over, you actually see the real person and in real life and he's passed away, but they've got footage of him and he's a real, you know, one of those down south guys and he tells the whole thing he says. You know, in the end, if you think you know somebody because of their colour or their religion or their creed or whatever, mm. you're kidding yourself. The only way you'll ever know somebody is by meeting them. First, I love meeting you, them.
2: Huckleberry Finn um, when Huck's going down the river with Jim and he suddenly realises that Jim loves his family just as much as everybody else loves their family and then from there you get
3: a perspective. Um, that's that's yeah. almost the, the turning point in this movie as well, you know, Yeah. just how much you care about your family.
2: Yeah. White racists can even sort of see, oh shit, they love their family just as much as I love my kids and... You know that it's a wonderful message to get across, which I think Mark Twain did first, but um, I think Sydney Poitier, or should it be Poitier? Poitier, Poitier. Well, it's French, isn't it? Poitier.
1: Well, this Poisson. Is, yeah. Poisson. I don't Poisson. know. Anyway, Brian. whatever. Let's not
2: worry about that. Mm. But I think those messages are really good, and you know, they can be ham-fisted about it, but I think that Huckleberry Finn and um, you know, a lot, all of Sydney Poitier's movies. They handle it really, really classy and it's not ham-fisted. It's, just, yep. it's cool.
1: Yep. Get people together and it'll eventually it'll happen, hopefully. Um, other other passings that I wanted to mention, a uh, couple in the sporting world. John Madden, the uh, the American uh, uh, football, well, he's been a broadcaster for the last 30 years, but he's actually a really, really good uh, coach, a Super Bowl coach in America. Basically, he's been the face of um, the NFL for so many years and – for people like me who came to the NFL in the sort of seventies and eighties, he was it. He was he was the uh, he was the man. So sad to see him pass. And uh, yesterday, I was really surprised and uh, and and saddened to see that Bob Shearer died at the age of seventy three. Um, an Australian Open golf winner, and uh, I think two-time winner on the uh, on the US PGA circuit, and a uh, really popular golfing figure here in Australia, and really accessible bloke for the media. Finally, and his wife run the media center for many many years at most of the big tournaments here in Australia. It's really sad to see that he passed.
3: Yeah, I, I went to the Masters quite a few times as a youngster know, yeah, and the Australian
1: Open when it was in Melbourne, and he was a main player. Don't worry about that. You yeah, know, he was. he was a great golfer, great golfer. Yeah. So at the age of seventy three, he uh, is the, his Australian Open win. I think he beat Jack Nicholas in that. They were the final pairing on that on that uh, fourth day the, of the year that he won the Australian Open. So he beat the best in the world to uh, to do it. So sad to see that he uh, he passed. What uh, did he die from? Again, he a um, heart attack.
2: Wow, you reckon a bloke that's walking around a golf course most of his life is going to be pretty fit? And just goes to show you that you know life can turn on you in any second.
1: When your numbers up, your numbers
2: up. Damn.
1: Speaking of numbers, we're moving to I think the you're golf. First of
3: all, I
2: think you're, you're going to mention. Oh, you
1: want to mention golf? Yeah, you want to mention Cam Smith? Yeah,
3: brilliant effort like. by Cam Smith. Won the. That tournament in Hawaii for all the previous—it's a champions event, so everybody that had won in the previous season—and you know, brilliant effort by Cam Smith holding off John Rahm. And when you think Cam Smith first, Mac Jones third, Leishman and Cam Davis equal ten—pretty good effort by the Aussies in the field. Great effort.
1: Four Australians in the top ten in the in, in a tournament of champions—that's bloody brilliant. Brilliant, stunning. Stunning, stunning, stunning. All right, let's get to our Go Set National Top 40, our chart attack, June 6, 1970. Let me read you the top ten. Spirit in the Sky by Norman Greenbaum. Number two, Let It Be by The Beatles. Number three, Bridge Over Troubled Water by Simon and Garfunkel. Number four, Everything is Beautiful by Ray Stevens. Number five, Tennessee (laughs) Bird Walk, Jack Blanchard and Misty Morgan. Number six, Travel and Band and Who'll Stop the Rain by Credence. Number seven, Turn Up Your Radio by The Masters Apprentices. Number eight, Little Ray of Sunshine by Axiom. Number nine, Knock Knock Who's There by both Liv Mason and Mary Hopkin. And number ten, Love Grows Where Rosemary Goes by Edison Lighthouse. That's a pretty good top ten. It's it's different.
2: Mate, uh, there's so many classics in there. Well, there's like so many other
1: is- songs when you get down, uh,
2: you know, you get down... But- even well, the shit ones I kind of don't hate, Kev.
1: Oh, oh, there's one I absolutely don't. There's one. My number one bad. I despise. <coughs> I think it is just one of the most god-awful songs ever. Finally, oh. what were your thoughts on the 1970 chart? Brilliant fast, but with plenty of room
3: for, you know, sticking the boot in.
1: Well, as you did in your uh, cricketing days when you donned the whites, you opened the batting and you can do it again now, finally, uh, Give us your number three.
3: Good and bad. All right. Now I'm just going to tell you. With my dad, there's a recurring theme. Yeah. And a prize to the first of you to get it. <laughs> oh. I, I, I'll just ask you to wait till I go through all three. Yeah, fair enough. And then you've got the the commonality. Okay. At number three, Dad, for all the reasons you want, including the song, including the singer, including the backstory. Two Little Boys by Rolf G. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Daddy.
2: Uh, I think it's a beautiful song. And number 38 it makes me cry because um, yeah. I've got an older brother and written by Ted Egan, you know, it's a bit daggy and cliche, but, gee, I, I just think the sentiment in that is just wonderful and that's what I'm saying, oh, I'm finding it hard to hate anything, but... Please let. I digress. Let me finish. Let you finish bagging the shit out. Of
1: this <laughs> <line>. <laughs> yes, uh, I knew it would be in there somewhere. Uh, what's your number three good finding?
3: Number three good is Red. Zeppelin, whole lot of love. Yeah. As you oh. say, as you say, Kevin. Some songs just jump out of the radio at you, and this is oh. one of them.
1: Does it ever? Even now, it still does. When you hear it, you just go. Bloody hell. Just the, the intro no. of that song, the whole, the, yeah, it's 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 got it all going on.
2: Now, obviously, finally, you've spent a bit of time listening to this song. I would like you to translate what the meaning of the lyrics are halfway through and it goes, love, 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 love. I want to be your backdoor man. I want to give you every inch of my love. What are you talking about there, do you think?
0: Well, it's man,
2: probably, be a backdoor yeah, man and give her every inch of his love. Mm. Well, I'm not sure what it means, but you could probably explain it to me.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fairly simple. He's talking about um, being the sort of person that. Um, I can't even come up with something funny. <laughs> I can't be
2: funny. I can't nah, be clever. Nah. I want to. I want
3: to give you every inch of
2: my love. I want to be your backdoor man. It's like, well, maybe he's just doing a doggy style, but I tell you what, it casts up some images that's a little bit scary. Mm. But I agree with you. It's a fantastic song. All Sorry, right. Kev. to give us take your the number three. <laughs>
1: oh God! Give us your number three. Uh, good and bad, Mister Mannix.
2: Well, I'm going to have um, trouble finding a bad one. So I'm going to go for number 37. Oh, hang on, it's Johnny Cash. No, I can't do
1: that. That's a, Actually, that's um, a really interesting song, that What Is Truth. This yeah, is, okay. Um, we're talking 50 years ago and the lyrics of that song, um, God, they're good.
2: Well, look, I haven't listened to this, but I, I presume that Hello by Normie Rowe wasn't one of his best ones. Johnny Young I, I, Well, I, look, I love Normie Rowe and I think he's done some great work, but because um, I don't know this one, I figure... Probably wasn't one of the better ones. Yeah. So okay. So we're gonna put that in as the number three bad. Right. She was it says so many great number three good, a little ray of sunshine. You know, if you've just had a little baby girl, that's just a beautiful song with Caddy and Glenn Shorick and the way they sing, they've both got beautiful voices. So I'm gonna put that in as my number three good, a little ray of sunshine, because I, I think it tackles a topic that not many people do. And I think they tackle it very, very well.
1: Yeah, beautifully, beautifully written song, beautifully performed song, and still sounds terrific today. When you when you hear Caddy do it these days, or Glenn do it these days, they do it really, really well. I agree. Great song. Uh, that's in my top three, so I'll have that as number three on my my good side. Happy uh, to well, just uh, add
2: another one in. Keith, happy to share. Well, there's
1: so many good songs. I've got three backups. No, uh, give but, me your backup. Well, one of my backups, "Finding's Taken," a whole lot of love. My t- I, had, I had six. Um, that I want we'll to be just, your
2: back dog. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I want to give you an inch, Ah, 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 ah. Yeah, that's, that's okay. pretty much how it goes. Uh, all right.
1: Well, Little Rose Sunshine, I will acknowledge, is a great song, and I'll put in Rag Mama Rag by the band as my number three. Good.
2: Uh, I love the band. Can you refresh me on how that goes? Rag Mama Rag. It's 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 oh it's an old bluesy sort
1: yeah of thing, it's yeah. sort of got that bluesy yeah, okay. feel about it, it yeah, not, maybe not, not well. the band's best but certainly I love the band and I thought uh, that was a good song. There's a few other songs in there. I mean you could throw Elvis in there easily. Kentucky What, Radio, what do you think the song,
2: song is about, Kev? Rag Mama Rag. Have you ever thought about the lyrics? Not really, Brian. No. Well. Why don't people, you know, people obviously take a bit of time to write lyrics. I was too busy. Why wouldn't you explore the poetry of Rag, Mama, Rag?
1: I was too busy thinking about Sha La La Lo by Hans Paulson to
2: spend oh, any time about thinking rooting. about We know that. So we don't <laughs> well, <need> to... <laughs>
1: basically they're all about rooting, Brian. Uh, my number three, Bad, is uh, A Bloke whose Stuff I Normally Like, um, but mm. this, I'm sorry, this song just saccharined me out, it it's just it was just too cheesy, too sweet, too. Yeah. Uh, Ray Stevens, "Everything Is Beautiful" is my number three bad. I just
2: thought it was just too. Get into him, Finny. Let him just have it. too. You know, it's a beautiful sentiment. Tell him how how much you love that song. <laughs>
3: No, I can't because I don't. No, good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Finey's very true to himself. is beautiful
1: oh, yeah, no.
2: in their own way. No, thank you.
1: Righto, Finey. Number two, bad. Talking number two. Well, number two,
3: bad, it's an atrocious piece of music. I mean, the, what it's doing in the chart is beyond me because it's elevator music and, quite frankly, if I was in an elevator with this music, <coughs> if it was a glass elevator, I'd jump. <laughs> um, it's called Airport Love Theme. Yep. By Vincent Bell. Yeah, Lincoln, Vincent. Well, terrible, terrible piece of music.
1: Well, it's the love theme from Airport, which I don't think was a was much of a love film, really. When you, yeah, the Airport films weren't... The fish <laughs> in
2: the plane. The pilots were sick. Dean <laughs> Martin had to fly the thing down, as I remember.
1: It wasn't new Irwin Allen film. I'm trying to think of whose film it was. It was the
2: first disaster movie, but
1: yeah... Um, yeah, it was one. It might have been new one Alan Phil. film. Uh,
3: so oh. what's your number two good? An absolute classic by a great Australian band with a great bloke, no longer with us, lead singer. Turn up your radio,
2: uh, boy. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, good one. Masters great one. great song. song. I reckon you could argue that that's one of the ten best Australian songs ever. Oh, yeah. I don't reckon you'd argue it. Well, I'm, I'm – well, I don't have to argue with you, Ken, <laughs> or with Finey, because we all agree. But, you know, if I meet some fucking disco prick down the pub, they'll probably go, no, nah, fucking boogie man.
1: No, it's a great song. This and another one, Fining, really That that's one that absolutely jumps out of the radio. Jumps out. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Great. Great little song, that one. they really enjoyed it. Righto, what do you got, Mr Mannix?
2: Well, as I said, I like all of these songs but there's one here at number 22. 22. I Am Your Little Boy by I Hines. Am Your Little Boy by... Heinz. Heinz. Well, Heinz had a couple of good songs, but I don't know how it goes. I can't remember. And because I can't remember, I figure it must be pretty shit.
1: So you're putting all songs you can't remember in your bads. Well, if they're good, like there's so
2: bit. many classics in here in this particular um, top 40, so if I can't remember it, It mustn't be any good. So that's it. What's number two, your good one? Gee whiz. Where do you go? There's so many great ones, you know, and Simon Garf. we have got a few things in here. Um, Two Little Boys I like. We've already spoken about that. I'm going to go for um, Let It Be, you know. It's a great song. Oh, really? Okay. Well, you know, we've heard it to death and stuff, but at the end of the day, gee whiz, that song has made a lot of people happy. Yeah. You know, it's really easy to play on the piano. I think I can play that on the piano. So um, Let It Be is my number two good.
1: All right. My number two bad is uh, the song that's number nine on this chart. It's uh, by two artists, well, the English version and the Australian version on the Faber label. Mary Hopkin oh, yes. did it. And was a big hit for her in uh, the UK and across the rest of the world and even here it was. But then an Australian version of it got done by Liv Mason and it's called Knock Knock Who's There. Sorry, the song makes – makes uh, uh, gives me that one. one Do you about, know who I think uh, wrote
3: that?
2: Do you know who I think wrote that?
1: Yeah, go on who. Don't say Paul McCartney. I think it's Paul McCartney. No, he didn't. No. He, he wrote the other one that Mary Hopkin had the goodbye, first, Those Were the Days. He wrote that. He wrote Those Were the Days. He didn't write, he didn't write.
2: we wrote Goodbye. i looked up who
1: wrote knock, knock Knock Who's There, and I didn't write it down, but I did look it up and it wasn't because I was going to check to see that it wasn't a Beatle that wrote it. But okay.
2: That's uh-huh. my number two.
1: My number two, good. Oh, I love Turn Up Your Radio. I'm with you 100% there, finding. I'll go with, uh, oh, I like this song too, Harry Nilsson, Everybody's Talking. It's uh, it's a, just a great song. He was a, a very good singer. He was a very good songwriter. Um, I don't think we we kind of got the best of him because I think uh, the bottle grabbed him fairly early in his uh, in his sort of formulative days of, of being a successful musician and sort of stuffed him up a bit. But um,
2: he was a hell of a good bloke to have a drink Isn't with. It? Him and John Lennon weren't good influences on each other.
1: No, they weren't. And 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 uh, Nelson was part of the Hollywood vampires with Alice Cooper and Bernie Taupin and all them. Yeah. And look, I, he came out here in eighty four, eighty five. Sat in the boardroom of uh, we did we did the show and then sat in the boardroom of three uh, X Y and consumed most of the bar. He just he he was he he loved it. He loved it and he was good at it.
2: When they recorded that album Cats, which John Lennon. Produced, Yeah. They just were so drunk they thought they'd just scream a lot and his voice was never the same again. But he used John Lennon to get an extra special deal Um, and he also worked on um, John English's musical Paris. Yes, he did. Um, He wrote some great songs but I think um, it's clear to say that the alcohol, just too much alcohol, you know, it's good to free your mind up but. Bugger know,
1: him, not no, to, bugger him up. fuck else. everybody else yeah. up. But he's my number two. I I, I, I love uh, Nilsson Schmilson and Little Schmilson in the Night. I, I really like his albums. So I think they're terrific. That's so that's, that's my.
2: That's your sex, your sex practices, <laughs> Kev. Can we get back to the music? <laughs> All You're right. You're a bit uh, of Nilsson Schmilsson uh, in the middle of the night. Well, thank you. You know, that's between you and Sarah, okay? Fair enough. All right.
1: Number one, finally, what have we got? Now, we're gonna, I've got my hand on my buzzer ready to answer the theme of your bads. So you've gone two little boys. You've gone airport love theme. What's number one? Right, number one,
3: this is just the most ridiculous song of all time. What it's doing up in the top ten with some great songs is they just shows that, you know, the public at large is made up in no small part of idiots. <laughs>
1: yeah, this show doesn't uh, do anything to dispel that myth. There you go. And so the number
3: three band is Tennessee Birdwalk. Oh, God, yes. By Zach Blanford and... Misty M Organ Now <laughs> Who Misty M Organ Misty Morgan Misty M right Organ up. That's very funny now, uh, He said now,
1: Misty
2: M Organ Yeah Now if you hear this You might song, have a Misty Organ, Kev you, you know, it might be a medical condition That yes. you're insensitive to Alright, well, let's finally finish Go on uh, oh, okay
3: Well, this, this song is too Sort of nonsense With this silly song about A bird in a underpants. And obviously, they've just bought a Hammond organ because they're trying all the special effects.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. So,
3: what is the common theme between my three songs?
1: So, hang on, we've got uh, two little boys, we've got the airport love theme, we've got the Tennessee bird
3: walk. People uh, are some- using their organ wrong. <laughs> yeah, nothing good comes of playing with your organ.
0: <laughs> 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 uh, Sorry, Fonny,
3: I, I didn't realise uh, you are firing
1: down that stuff. Yes, about. I watched Tennessee Bird Walk. The, uh, they were on some country music show uh, and uh, they played it and, oh, God, Not as you say, an absolute nonsense song. But, yeah, the, the organ work by Misty, Misty was on the organ and uh, – yeah. Yeah, it was it was something to behold. That's for sure. Right, Maddox n- number one. Good. Now you got my good oh. one. Good. Oh, hang on, no, yeah, Sorry, Jeez, pardon yeah, me. Come on, Kevin, give him some
2: respect.
1: Oh, if you th- don't I apologise, Yeah. And just it's
2: are you because of the funny, are you going to, you're going to be able? Are you going to be okay with this? You know, after Kevin's disrespected you in such a way, will you be able to pick yourself up and continue going with the podcast? Because Quite frankly, I've never oh, heard Kevin be so disrespectful to anybody as he just was to you.
1: Hang around, Brian. I'm about to get more disrespectful. <laughs> I
3: think he's just so nervous about what's going to come out of your mouth <laughs> yeah. during this podcast. That's very true. All right. <laughs> what do we got, Fanny? Number one good, and this is the first for me, first time I've actually gone to the very top of the chart. Oh, But I am going to the number one in the chart. Spirit in the Sky by Norman Greenbaum. Now, I don't know who Norman Greenbaum is, but he did before or afterwards. Not much. I've got, I've got a feeling at some point in his life he converted from Judaism to Christianity. But, yeah, it's a great song, Spirit in the Sky. It's just got that sort of that cool vibe about it and that cool eastern sound sometimes, and I think it's a great song. It's actually
1: travelled well, hasn't it? From 1970 to today, it's actually travelled really yeah.
3: well.
2: Yeah, it has. Would you consider it a little bit glam rock? Just a hint of glam rock in that? Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably like it. It's got yeah. a touch of the glam, a touch of the psychedelic. Yeah, yeah. Well, you yeah. know, it's got a, and, it's, and it's and it's kind of
2: got a bit of religion going there too, yep. and um, positive. It's a positive message with a bit of drugs and glam rock mixed up. I think that's a great combination.
1: Sounds like yeah, you I last Saturday night.
3: <laughs> it's nineteen seventy in a bucket.
1: Yeah, no, it is. No, it is ah, wonderful. Absolutely, no good choice. Your killer choices, whole lot of love. Turn up your radio and spirit in the sky, finally. You've nailed them as you have uh, the three bad. Now, Mister Mannix, your number one bad and your number one
2: good. Um, okay, bad. I don't know, what's IO IO by the Bee Gees? Is yeah,
1: that shit? F- uh, f- uh, instantly forgettable song. I had to listen to it this afternoon. It's it's one of their kind of little poppy little songs that it, it didn't oh, set the world on fire. Either the Cuthlings, you know. Oh, with, God, um, that's
2: an awful song. When Julie Comes Around.
1: When yeah, Julie well, Comes yeah. Around. Oh, it's an you awful know, song.
2: they should have just called it When Julie Comes. No, that would have Brian. That far more exciting. Brian. Sorry. I'm, I'm look. It's 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 eight o'clock at night. Yes, I've I know. had a few. Yes, so okay. you know if you want to do this show at this time <laughs> of night, this is what you get. What is your but, number one? Well, I think it's number three on the chart. I think Bridge Over Troubled Water. What? It's uh, bad. No, that's oh, good. God. When Julie comes, that's you're going with Julie. Yeah, okay. Um, so <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> Bridge Over Troubled Water. It's a masterpiece. It's beautifully performed. It's not my favourite song of all time, but, jeez, oh, I've just got to pay it the respect that it deserves. Mm. Bridge Over Troubled Water by Simon Garfunkel. It's fantastic. It's, it's the best movie you've ever seen. Um, I love it. Yep. Thank you, Simon. Thank you. Oh, f- off, Garfunkel.
1: <laughs> oh, no, his, vo- his vocal performance on that is... is yeah, that is fantastic. Faultless, I reckon. Yeah, no. Faultless. It's, it's
2: a beautiful it's, song. Beautiful, yeah, song. and that album is a great album. You know, yeah, it if you're is trying to keep your customers satisfied. That's yeah, the one to get. No, good, uh, good album.
1: All right, uh, well, Brian, you've got. Uh, let me have a look here. We'll recap. Uh, your worst were "Hello" by Normie Rowe, "I'm Your Little Boy" by Heinz, and "When Julie Comes Around" by The Cufflinks. You're good for for you know, Mister Rock and Roll. Have a listen to his goods. "A Little All Ray right. of Sunshine" by Axiom, "Let It Be" by The Beatles, and "Bridge Over Troubled
2: Waters." You've gone soft, <laughs> Mannix. Oh, I'm a bit of a sook-up, aren't I? Sometimes, there you go. but they are classic songs. They, they are, and I, look, I'll stand by it, Kev. Yeah, no, now, you should. But I know Finny's he's, he's texting me right now saying, "What the fuck do you reckon Kev's going to say for his number <laughs> one?" So I'm, I'm saying I don't know because you know you. Make my number one bad, I reckon. All is, right, is here we go, Finny. We're going to find out.
1: My number one bad is summed up by the first two lines of the song: "As I was slowly passing." An orphan's home one day mm. and stopped for just a moment to watch the children play. Yeah. Alone a boy was standing. And when I asked him why, he turned with eyes that could not see and he began to cry.
2: <laughs> this is the flip side. This is the flip side to Two little boys by Rolf
1: Harris, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> I'm nobody's child. I was, read it again. Read it again. I'm sorry.
2: I'll start. Sorry, I interrupted. You know, he's he walking past the.
1: Yeah, the, the, got there, and then, then, then he began to cry. I'm nobody's child. I'm nobody's child. Just like the flowers, I'm growing wild. No mummy's kisses. No daddy's smile. Nobody wants me. I'm nobody's child. Oh, gee, whiz so gee whiz. People come for children, and they take them on their own. So it's an orphanage. Um, so number 28, Karen Young, Nobody's Child, That's My Number One Bad. It's just fair come, Shocking fair
2: come, song. It's offensive to young children. It's to offensive to everybody.
1: It's I know, like, Finey. A bit like
0: you. Oh, Finey, <laughs> I am still here. Yeah, he
1: is. He is poor bastard. He's, he's had to listen to you carry on like a two-bob watch.
2: Oh, I'm sorry.
1: Well, and and I, it's, I, I
3: know
2: didn't. Finey's appalled, but oh, I'm going to be quiet for a bit.
1: Now, Travel and band and Who Will Stop the Rain, great songs from Creedence, oh. but not quite there for me. Kentucky Rain for Elvis, a great song, but not quite there for me. I love uh, my guilty pleasure in this top 10 for this uh, Go set thing was I loved Edison Lighthouse,
2: Love Grows Where Rosemary Goes. I really like that song. Love Goes. Yeah, I like that. Good pop song. For some reason, I always think about pubic hair with that one. I don't know why. And my number one. (laughs) Jesus. My number one. I don't know that Rosemary would be too. Oh, right. Right today. Sorry, uh, my number one. Uh, I'm out of practice. I've had two weeks. Because off. whole okay. lot of love and
1: uh, and turn up your radio and stuff we wanna mentioned. Wanna be your
2: backdoor man. So I wanna um, give you every inch of my love. Ah 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 ah. And you reckon I'm filthy? Have a listen to that freaking song. It's disgusting.
1: The song is number 21 on this chart. It is American yeah. Woman by Guess Who. I oh, reckon it's a great American, song.
2: just a great song. I uh,
1: Didn't like Lenny Kravitz version at all. Go back to nineteen seventy no. and listen to the Guess Who version with Burton Cummings and Randy Backman uh, when they were in the Guess Who and uh,
2: that's a that's a terrific song. Great. Finey and Justin Kawaja agree with you.
1: Uh, baptism of Fire back into the rock and roll cesspool, Finey. Welcome.
3: Well, look, you know, I knew there were problems when <laughs> in the pre show <laughs> meeting. <laughs> Brian, lost so the, right the
1: chicken? When the <laughs> chicken was miss missing, we knew there was going to be problems. Ah,
2: look, you know, my mind has been scattered. <laughs> I've crapped on too much. I'm sorry for ruining the show, everybody. I'm especially sorry to you, Kevin, you, Fonny, for just...
3: Forget about yeah. you, Kevin, you, Fonny. You should be especially sorry to you, Kawaja. <laughs> <laughs> oh, f*** him. He. He, he lost it. the... F- test for us.
2: Oh, let's get him get 100. No, i stand by that. I will never cave in. He's going to have to get 400 in the next test for me to be sucked in. But don't, think in.
1: don't think that's going to happen.
2: Hey, that is Rock and Roll for another edition.
1: Welcome back for 2022. Thank you, Finey. Thank you, Kev. Thank you, Brian. And uh, look after yourself. We'll see you in seven days. And Brian... The yeah, next show may be an intervention. Off. We're not sure. We'll have a discussion. <laughs> uh, Good night,
2: Irene. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you, boys. All right. I promise I'll be more behaved better next week. Oh, no, you won't.
3: You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook.